Hello and welcome to Adam and Eve on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Michelle Dang and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. On today's episode, we'll be talking about feminism in transit. Adam and Eve producers Rose Eva Forbes-Jenkins and Autumn Morinchuk interview Free Transit Edmonton organizer Caitlin Hart. They talk about what it means for transit to be free and good, transit as safety, and the feminization of poverty. Let's take a listen. Hello, my name is Rose Eva Forbes-Jenkins and I use she-her pronouns. I'm a fourth-generation white settler on Treaty 6 territory. I wanted to learn more about transportation as a feminist issue, so I'm here today to talk to uh, chat with my fellow Adam and Eve producer, Autumn Morinchuk, and Caitlin Hart from Free Transit Edmonton. So thank you so much for being here, and I'll let both of you introduce yourselves. Yeah, so my name is Autumn Mornchuk and I use she, her pronouns. And as Roziva mentioned, I'm a producer here for Adam and Eve, and I'm really excited to be having this conversation today. Yeah, I'm Caitlin Hart. I'm an organizer with Free Transit Edmonton. Um, my pronouns are she and her. And yeah, I'm really excited to be back on Adam and Eve. Caitlin, thank you so much. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me more about your role with uh, Free Transit Edmonton and talk about some of the work that you've done with them. Yeah, so I first got involved with Free Transit Edmonton probably about a year ago this time um, when it was still like really new and um, we didn't really have like, we still don't really have defined roles, you know, but I've mostly been involved in like the communication side. So um, on our digital launch, like working on the, the social media campaigns and getting that all out there, working on press releases, all of that. Um, writing web copy, all that exciting stuff. So, um, but I mean, we're all organizers, we're all doing community outreach, we're all doing strategic planning. So we're all really doing all the things and, and contributing to, um, yeah, working to make transit free in Edmonton. Got you interested in free transit in the first place? Like, do you have a moment that you remember? Or is it just kind of the, like, you talk about the general ideology, like what you got you passionate about it? Um, I mean, I really got involved with the group just because my, my friend uh, kept poking and prodding me to, to join. She was like, you really should, you should come to a meeting, you should run the Twitter, whatever. So um, that's what really encouraged me to like join the group itself. But what made me interested in free transit, I think just like the minute that I first heard of free transit or even like, like sometimes trans- transit's free on like New Year's Eve in Edmonton. And I always like thought that was so great. Like anytime, like just the, the concept of free transit, I heard it as someone who doesn't drive and relies on transit a lot. It was just something that made sense to me. Like logically, I'm like, why shouldn't transit be free? Um, so even though like, I, yeah, it does, there is some kind of like ideological match for me too. It's just something that I never really thought about, I guess. I was just like, yeah, free transit would be good. That would be good for you know, people who are houseless, that would be good for single moms, that would be good for like all these groups that um, are maybe left behind in some ways, but are th- like groups and people that I've always cared about. So I think uh, something about it just like inherently made sense to me, I guess. And that's what 
it just clicked for me immediately. I don't know. I didn't need to be convinced, but I'm a transit rider. So <laughs> that's a big reason why. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting what you say about being convinced. Um, do you feel like most people need to be convinced or if so, like kind of like what's the pitch to convince someone, let's say? Yeah, I guess, I mean, it depends who we're talking to. We, unfortunately, because we, we launched in like late February, we haven't ha been able to have a lot of like in-person conversations with people. Um, but canvassing in person, like, I think for the most part, people are just like, like regular everyday Edmontonians are mostly on board. Um, maybe they haven't thought about it before and that's why it's not like a, a top of mind issue for them. But when we say like, we don't want to just make transit free, but we also want it to be good. Like we want transit in Edmonton to be better than it is. People like people can definitely support that because even if you're not an everyday transit rider, if if you if you tell like a a guy who lives out in in Terwilliger he can like take the train for free to go to a, an Oilers game. Of course, like <laughs> it's it's not. I don't think it's a hard sell for for most people. And um, um, but I think yeah, it's just finding out like what it is that that person like values. If if someone is really values like ending poverty and like ending racial inequality in the city and racism in the city um, and ending homelessness, then, then we can talk about the ways that free transit kind of removes barriers and makes the city more accessible and kind of, uh, you know, like removes like the, a lot of the, vi the violence on transit by police and by peace officers happens towards indigenous people. So I think if someone, if the thing that they're really passionate about is ending racism in Edmonton, then there's like a connect there. But if someone is just like a, a real, like, I don't know, like economic thinker, like there's a, there's a, an argument there too, um, that maybe I know less about because I'm obviously like a, a bleeding heart socialist, but we really frame it as like a public service, the way that a library is a public service that we all pay for in our taxes the way that we pay for hospitals, the way that even we pay for roads, you know, like it's, um, if we frame it as like a, something that can be paid for with taxes because it's a public good and because it's for everyone. I think that's an argument that can make sense to a lot of people, especially in Edmonton, where I think a lot of people are supportive of kind of Canadian social democracy. And that's like a value that we have. I think when we're canvassing in like Edmonton near City Hall, it's, it's maybe an easier sell. And um, it might be different if we go out and talk to people in the suburbs or outside of the city. But I think for a lot of people who, who live in Edmonton, it, it does just make sense. If you can explain like the way that it alleviates poverty, the way that it saves money for the city, even like with, you know, not needing as many peace officers to be handing out tickets that most people can't even pay anyway. Once you start to crunch the numbers, it, it makes sense. I'm, I'm not going to like explain it <laughs> all or whatever, but I mean, I'll talk later about like our website and stuff. There's some, we did a really great video about like how, how much economic sense it makes to make transit free and the kind of uh, the economic framework I think really connects with a lot of people. And it's, it makes sense there too. It's not just a, uh, an issue for people who are so, so compassionate and <laughs> empathetic. It can also make sense in a, in a numbers way for people. So I think that's a really valuable argument, depending who you're talking to. I'm interested to hear your thoughts about, since Adam and Eve, we are a feminist news show. I'm interested to hear your thoughts about how women and feminism connects with free transit Edmonton and free transit in general. 
For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing that came to mind when I started to think about this was just like the gendered nature of poverty or um, what's sometimes called the feminization of poverty, which really economists and uh, sociologists and stuff started thinking about in the 70s and then kind of throughout the 90s, we became more familiar with it culturally. Um, so I think we can point to really like neoliberal economics as causing this feminization of poverty where most low wage workers are women and especially women of color, migrant women all around the world, like women are doing low paid work, undervalued work, and then they come home and do more work for free, <laughs> whether it's like childcare or senior care or even just the housework. Like I thought immediately of like migrant women here in the West who are doing like the labor of caring for upper class women's children so those women can work, like all these connections to poverty and how those are a lot of the people who take transit in our city and around the world. Like, I think we have this image of poverty and low wage work in North America as like factory workers, but like factory jobs are gone <laughs> in North America. They're not here anymore. Like, like low wage work now looks like healthcare aides and retail and food service workers. And um, yeah, the support workers at, at um, hospitals who are on strike right now, who knows if they will be when this episode comes out, but like those are the, the low wage workers. Those are the people facing poverty. They're mostly women and they take transit. And uh, you know, a transit pass, monthly pass in Edmonton costs $97 every month. Like for uh, someone who's making $15 an hour and like $97 is a lot every month. So I just think about primarily like the feminization of poverty um, um, as like the biggest thing that like free transit can alleviate poverty for everyone, but like the biggest impact I think that we would see immediately would be on women being able to like get around and like get their children around the city, go to appointments, go like access services, get around the city safely um, is just like the biggest immediate effect of making transit free. And then when you're saying safety as well, like I, like that slogan of like transit being free and transit being safe. And when we talk about safety, I mean, that means a lot of different things for different people, especially with the conversations we've been having about, you know, do police keep us safe? Yes or no. Do transit officers keep us safe? Yes or no. So um, I'm curious as to your, um, you know, thoughts on transit and safety. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of the time when people talk about transit and safety, like they do think of gender-based violence, but it's kind of this like, like white middle-class, woman imagining that like if she gets on the bus she's going to be like sexually harassed left right and center um when like i think most women who experience violence on transit are indigenous women especially in edmonton and are like poor homeless women um but i think that like transit like transit as safety is an interesting idea like instead of seeing like public transit as a site of violence for women it's actually like making transit good and free increases safety for women and for people living in poverty and for trans folks and other marginalized groups who like experience violence just trying to move around the world and get through the day like I think that so like in this way I think that like liberal feminism or white feminism whatever you want to call it is like used as a disguise for just like being anti-homeless like when actually like 
free transit like increases safety for like homeless women and marginalized women, women living in poverty. Um, but I think too on that point, like when we make transit free and good, we're also working towards like community building in a way that protects women and makes harassment unacceptable. Um, like if we're all riding the bus together and we all ride the bus at the same time every day, like that builds community connections. And it's kind of hard to imagine right now, obviously, but a lot of people are still riding the bus and using it to get around. And when you like have those connections with the people in your community, you can look out for each other, right? And I think right now as it is, like when you're on an empty bus late at night or you have to walk a far distance to get home from your bus stop, you feel really vulnerable and you can be really vulnerable. But if our bus routes are better and they get you where you need to go and there's more people riding transit because it's more accessible, you're creating a, a space where it's much safer for all precarious people to travel alone without fear, including women. So for me, I guess when I look at free transit and feminism, it's like a question of economics and of poverty. And one of, like I said, like one of the immediate effects of making transit free is that it alleviates poverty. And because women are the most impoverished group in society, like it will immediately help women to be safer and to may maybe hopefully like lift them out of poverty even a little bit. I mean, obviously that's very pie in the sky, but um yeah, I think there's so many ways that, that making transit free just like increases safety for women and getting transit cops off transit, of course, increases safety for women. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely a, <laughs> I can definitely say that's the free transit Edmonton stance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, and it's an important stance to have. And, like, I had forgotten how, like, in Edmonton especially, people have, like, this perception of the bus as, like you are saying, like, this very scary place. And, like, I remember I had been living in the UK for two years and I'd just gotten back to being in Edmonton and I was talking to an employer about something and it was, like, a group of people and the employer was talking to this group and they were saying, like, oh, oh, parking's so bad, and we're all, like, you know, general, like, in the beginning, like, chit-chat about getting there, and I was like, well, the bus is 350, parking is expensive, but the bus is 350, and the employer turned to me and went, the bus? Gross. And I was like, oh you're an employer, like, I came from, like, the UK, where, like, everybody rides the bus, it's, like, a completely normal thing, people in their business suits, but then in Edmonton, it's such this perception of, like, exactly, the bus is gross, the bus is scary, the bus is violent, the bus is, like, all of these perceptions, which are not true. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I also just think, like, we, we perceive so many things as violent that aren't violent, like, it's usually just, like, someone experiencing, like, a mental health problem, and, like, yelling but it's all it's all like wrapped up around like I think really like anti-homeless and like classist and racist um, assumptions about who rides the bus and it's like if the city could be a place where everyone rides the bus and everyone takes transit it would I think it, it could uh, combat a lot of those like really negative stereotypes that yeah you hear everywhere in Edmonton it's it's really seen as like a disgusting scary thing especially like downtown or like into the north side there's so much stigma about riding the bus and like I rode the bus downtown when I was a teenager and people would be like oh my god that's so scary like I'm like mm, not really <laughs> pretty safe there's, there's a guy driving the bus <laughs> yeah and it's it's not gonna let anything happen <laughs> 
you were talking about how like there we see exceptions to like when transit can be made free like for example new year's eve or when transit was free at the height of the pandemic so i don't know the exact date but i think it was like around april to june and it shows how we're able to run transit free for free and then all of a sudden now like fares are reinstated and it's so disappointing to have to have this happen afterwards so i was just wondering how folks at free transit edmonton have been keeping the momentum going throughout the pandemic yeah, yeah. Well, we, we pushed for transit to be free um, during the pandemic because we'd seen that happen in a lot of other cities all over the world for like public health reasons and also for the economic impacts of the pandemic. Um, but then since it, the fares were reinstated in June, we launched a new digital campaign called Fare Free Forever, which basically makes the argument that you made like we made it free for all these reasons, like for health reasons, for economic reasons, for everything going on in the world, it made sense. So we're really trying to like pull out like stories and narratives that people have of like how free transit positively impacted their life during the pandemic um, when it was free for like, I don't know, six weeks, pretty weak sauce of the city, honestly. Six weeks isn't very much, but um, yeah, just trying to like use like narrative base to really show people like the impact of it. Because I think when we're still in the space of like trying to convince people, I think narratives are really powerful. Because for, for a lot of like middle class people, like in the beginning of the pandemic, you didn't go outside at all. Like maybe you took a walk. But like for people who were actively still riding the bus, who still had to go to work or like the food bank or just still go access like social services, like it's really important to have those voices on a campaign to talk about what free transit meant to them because the people who are taking transit, even, even now, but especially in the earlier days um, of COVID, are the people who are most economically impacted, you know, are the people who are working in grocery stores and who are like healthcare workers, things like that, or people who don't have jobs, people who are in like even more precarious situations. So I think um, we're just really trying to like pull out those narratives and try and keep the momentum going and, and say to city council, like you did it once, you can do it again. <laughs> um, and then I think also looking into um, next year with um, the municipal election coming up, just like really getting involved in that and really pushing on, uh, pushing for candidates who are supporting free transit um, is, the, is the next big, big thing for us. So you've been talking a lot about like making transit not just free but also like good and I'd be interested to hear kind of what you're sort of like in an ideal world what does like good transit mean what does it look like what does it mean to you? Yeah I think it means so many things like one is that it's comprehensive like like right now our you know our train line is so basic you know <laughs> it, it's a pretty straight straight line north to south. Um, so definitely more comprehensive uh, train lines would be a huge benefit and would be good transit in my view. Um, I think also just like, like a bus network that, you know, runs frequently. So it's not a big deal if you miss the bus. A bus network that makes sense, that connects, connects neighborhoods that people need to go to. Like it, there's all these like big neighborhoods that are so like disconnected from, it's just like really hard to get around even when you live, you know, somewhere supposedly really um, central. And I think a really good public transit system would 
connect people in a way that is so much more easy to understand, um, which is another thing about good transit would be like so much more accessible, you know, would have so much more space for people with mobility concerns, with, for, for mothers with strollers. Um, you know, sometimes you're sitting on a bus and there's already, you know, two wheelchair users and a mom with a stroller on the bus and then another mom with a stroller tries to get on and there's nowhere for them to go, you know, like there's, there's like all these considerations about making transit more accessible to all people. Um, so I think those are like kind of the biggest things for me. And, and like also like bus systems that aren't, bus and train systems that aren't built around like a nine to five schedule, you know, which is a big, big thing that our transit system does. Like a few, a few routes run late. I, I mean, not right now, but previously, you know, a lot of the bus routes would run to, till midnight or two and that's great. But I don't know. I remember when I was working a customer service job and I'd be waiting for forever, like downtown late at night, trying to catch the nine and you just kind of feel scared. <laughs> You're just like in an empty street downtown by yourself. Um, I think good transit would really address that in that the routes would be frequent. They would run all night. Um, yeah, I think all of those factors contribute to making transit good. Yeah, as we're wrapping up, I'm wondering what, what does Free Transit Edmonton want the future to look like? You know, what are some plans that they're working on? Yeah, I think like, like I think I mentioned before, like we really see like free, free transit as kind of a, a catalyst for other things in the city. Like we're not just imagining a city where transit is free. We're imagining a city where um, the environment is considered and is taken care of and like city parks are invested in and walkability is invested in. Um, I think we really imagine a city where homelessness isn't a problem, you know, where everyone is housed, um, where people aren't experiencing racism and police violence. Like it's, I think like what makes me so excited about free transit is that it's like this one simple idea, but it's really like, it's about like a, such a bigger vision for, for our city. Um, so I really think, yeah, like we'll just continue pushing city council. Hopefully when it's a new city council, it's a more progressive city council um, and they're easier to push. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of um, interesting personalities on our current council. Um, yeah, I think like free transit is just this amazing thing that connects to all the issues that I think people, I mean, on the left, but I think everyone can get behind the ideas of community and safer public spaces and uh, more green spaces. And yeah, I just think it connects to like this like broader leftist vision about racial, social, economic, labor and climate justice um, and like really getting transit funded as a public as the public service that it is, right? Um, so I think we'll continue with the city council push. We'll continue with fair free forever and just trying to, yeah, advance our vision of making transit reliable and efficient and accessible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many, like I said, there's just so many great values behind it about the environment and climate and about labor rights and working with the, the 
the ATU, which is the um, Amalgamated Transit Union, like we're really just trying to like build a coalition, I think, of people who care about all these same things and we can come together around transit as like one way to get to like win labor power and to end poverty, you know. Going off of that, if folks are more interested in learning about free transit Edmonton, do you want to plug some places that they can learn more and where they should go? Absolutely, yeah. So we've got our website, freetransitedmonton.ca, where you can um, learn more about like past actions, donate, get involved, um, etc. That's one place to get connected. Another is our Facebook, which is also just Free Transit Edmonton. Um, and then our Twitter, which is Free Transit YEG. Um, those are the best places to find us. Um, you can also send us an email. It's just freetransitedmonton.gmail.com. If you want to like get involved or you have um, a skill that you want to contribute to a future campaign or you have any kind of like resource or connections or anything you want to just get involved, send us an email or send us a Twitter DM or Facebook message, whatever. Oh, we have an Instagram too. Uh, free transit Edmonton on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're, we're on all the, all the socials and we have our website, freetransitedmonton.ca. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. Yeah. Thanks. It was really fun. just listen to our interview with free transit edmonton organizer caitlin hart that brings us to the end of this week's episode of adam and eve edmonton's only feminist news program we produced this week's show in edmonton alberta canada on treaty 6 territory we are grateful to be in the traditional territory of the diverse indigenous peoples of this land we recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent we encourage you to reflect on your own relationship with the land further and ask what accountability would look like here in practice for yourself the communities you're a part of, and the larger systems that shape our daily access and opportunities. We also wanted to take the time to celebrate the fact that after months of intimidation by non-Indigenous fishermen, Indigenous nations are now partnering with Clearwater Seafood Corporation. This is a transformational opportunity for the Mi'kmaq to become significant participants in commercial fishery through the investment in existing infrastructure, management expertise, and a global market presence, quotes Chief Terry Paul of the Member Two First Nation. Mi'kmaq not only become 50% owners of the company, but expect to hold Clearwater's Canadian fishing licenses within a fully Mi'kmaq-owned partnership. This collective investment by First Nations and Clearwater represents the single largest investment in the seafood industry by any Indigenous group in Canada. Each of Bakhtinkik, Bikdu Landing, Bold Lodek, Sabega Negatik, and Wegoma have confirmed their intention to participate with Member 2 and Mia Wibukek in this historic investment. So congratulations to all Mi'kmaq people. Thanks again to Rose Eva and Autumn and Caitlin Hart from Free Transit Edmonton. Adam and Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adam and Eve or email us at aeve.cjsr at gmail.com. We're always looking for more volunteers to help out, so if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've been your host, Michelle Dang, and have an adamant evening. <laughs>